Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. So, welcome to to 2020, the year 2020. Can you believe it? It still feels weird to just even say that. And uh, I'm still waiting on my flying car. I think 2020 was the year we were promised flying cars, right? Way back when. And so I'm still waiting on mine. I don't know about you, but uh, it's kind of crazy to say that. But we are, of course, in a new year. If you were with us last week, uh, we said goodbye to 2019 by remembering and celebrating. You heard from uh, different people within our, our church family who talked about things that happened over the past year, giving an opportunity to remember and celebrate what God had done in their lives. This year, being the first Sunday of 2020 of the new year, we are going to look forward to this year and what we anticipate God doing over this next year. And the way we're going to do that is kind of similar to the video we just saw. We're going to pick a word, a word that we feel like God is, uh, has, has given us for this coming year. And uh, you're going to hear from our staff here in, in just a few minutes. Um, you're going to get a chance to hear from them, at least half of them. Uh, the first half um, spoke during the first service, but you'll get to hear it from another half of our staff as they present to you their one word, and then you're going to have a chance to kind of formulate your own one word uh, going forward into the year. But I think one of the things that's helpful about this is, of course, during this time of year, we all think about resolutions and setting goals for the coming year and those kinds of things. But I think, again, as was said in the video, the one word thing is, is, is kind of is powerful because it allows... Uh, us to go in a bunch of different directions. It also puts a focus on just one thing in particular that we feel like God is really working on us or God wants to work through us in this coming year. And I think what that reminds me of, it keeps me cognizant of the fact that discipleship is a lot slower process often than we want it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like at times, following Jesus is a lot like going three steps forward and maybe two steps back, maybe two and a half steps back at times, you know? And, and it's slow. It's often a struggle. We want it to be overnight, but not everything it comes overnight as we would like it to. Galatians 4.19, there's a lot of places in Scripture where uh, the Bible kind of gives us this idea, but Galatians 4.19 is one of those places. This is Paul to the church of Galatia. He's saying this, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. Notice how he addresses it, my little children. I think, I think that feels that way sometimes as we're following Jesus, right? We're often like little children who are growing and learning and stumbling, and we're often immature in our thoughts and our actions. And as Paul is saying here, like, I'm in anguish for you. That word anguish can also be translated travail, which means to kind of put, put forth a lot of effort and straining effort towards a greater goal, towards something that's coming. And then he gives us that imagery of childbirth which uh, is, a very, is a very kind of poignant image, right? We think about the reality of when a, when a, when a mother goes into to labor and, and the labor pains that are coming produces something that is greater than the pain at the end of childbirth, right? A new life is created. And so as Paul's talking about this, he's pointing us to the reality that this is a struggle often, but we're struggling for the greatest purpose that we could possibly struggle for, which is that Christ would be formed in us. And so I think as we, as we sit down, that's kind of the heart behind what we're doing with this one-word focus. Because the reason we set goals, the reason we set resolutions in the first place is because we typically see something in our lives, a need that we feel like, or a gap in our lives that we feel like needs to be, uh, in some ways, improved. And we feel that that goal, that that gap, is so significant that it's worth our time and effort in improving it. And so this is what we're going to be looking at this morning as we talk about our one word. If you were here last year, 
Um, our, our staff also did this. So everybody on our staff except for me had a word this past year. Um, but they're going to, so as our staff comes up, they're going to present to you their word from last year, talk a little bit about what God has done over this past year, and then present to you their word for this year and, and why it is that they've chosen this word. So um, if, uh, I think one of, the, one of the added blessings you're going to get out of this is not just hearing the one word, but getting to know our staff a little bit better. Um, they don't, not, not all of them have opportunities uh, to be up here on Sunday mornings, and we don't always get to hear a lot from them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more from them. It's good for me sometimes just to be quiet, I've found, and let other people talk, and so, and so we're going to get a chance to do that. I'm going to get a chance to do that here this morning, and uh, you know, many of you have known our staff for, for years. I'm just getting to know them over the past few months, and uh, for those of you who are new, maybe you haven't had a chance to get to know them at all, this is going to be a great introduction to hearing who they are and hearing what they're all about as they follow the Lord together. So uh, if you'll give them a hand, I want to welcome them up to stage where you guys would join us here. Sit around the stools, if you would. All right, so we'll start with Sharon Smith. Sharon, would you introduce yourself to the fine people out here? I am Sharon Smith, as he said. <laughs> Office manager for now almost 12 years at North and have loved almost every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. Last January, the staff was asked to choose just one word that represents what we most hope that God would change in us. And we were to focus on it for the entire year. We were asked to dig deep, to look at the condition of our hearts, what was it that God himself created us to be? We had to resist the temptation to focus on lots of things like New Year's resolutions make you tend to do. So we had to choose one, and that wasn't easy. Right off, I thought my one word was going to be hope, because it's a word that I had several years ago uh, because of things that our family were going through or have been going through for the past nine years. At the beginning of this very dark and confusing time, I was full of hope and promise that God was going to redeem what my daughter was enduring, actually what the whole family was going through. I trusted that God was going to use this as a testimony and encouragement for him. I trusted him to redeem it, as I said, and I had huge peace, great peace and hope for what was coming. But then several years ago, that hope started to fade because the journey was really long and it was really hard and no end came to sight. I was weary and just tired and I just couldn't continue with that same kind of hope. Because I was losing that hope, I wasn't praying the same way for my girls and my family as I started out to. So as I said, I was sure that my one word was going to be hope. But instead, God gave me the word devoted. And it came while reading Romans 12, 12, that says we are to be rejoicing in hope, still have my word hope, persevering in tribulation, still had a lot of that, and devoted to prayer, which I really needed to work on. Specifically for me, my focus was on being devoted to pray for my girls. It's easy for me to pray for my church family. It's easy for me to pray for my friends and family outside of the situation. But praying for this over and over again for nine years was getting tough. You just sound like a broken record to God. So as God does, he got me off of that. He said, you know, you're kind of distracted with that. And just as he does, he said, I want you to stop praying for the specific but I want you to pray instead for you and your family that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul and with all your strength. So it became that prayer since September, just changing that of praying the simplicity of scripture, the clarity and the truth of it made it so much easier to become devoted to pray for them again. So that scripture is what led me to my new word in 2020, which is crave. I want to stop craving what I think should be in the relationships with my girls, how their life should be, how God, I thought, was going to redeem it and heal them, especially my one daughter. And instead, I want to just crave God and just really focus on him and on loving him with my whole heart, my mind, and my strength. So I start the new year wanting to change my cravings and being able to say, as Psalms 84, 1 to 2 says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. I don't know what 2020 is going to be like, but I do know that God is in the midst of it. I do know that he'll probably redirect this word in many different ways than what I thought it should be, but I'm excited for that. Well, my name is uh, Adam Knight. Again, I serve in student ministry, and my word for 2019 was forgiveness. And uh, it's kind of like jumping off a high dive a little bit where you get up to the top, and then you start thinking, what did I get myself into here? <laughs> like, you start looking out at how, how you know, far down the water is, and maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I don't want to get up in front of my church family and share about, you know, forgiveness. And, and then you, you make the decision to jump and you're kind of in midair and you're panicking. And you're like, what's going to end up happening here? Uh, is the water cold? Am I going to belly flop? Um, all, all those kinds of thoughts. And, you know, the year 2019 was kind of like that. Not really sure uh, how the process was going to end up. And then... I guess right now is, is the time where I'm kind of climbing out of the water and looking back and like, okay, that was, that was actually worth it, and uh, I'm glad that I, I did that. So forgiveness for me was, was a challenging word. Um, you know, I think it was it's difficult, uh, but again, it's, it's worth it. And so, you know, 2019, I was able to have conversations with with many people about forgiveness, and I think God was really good to me in that. Um, he brought encouragers into my life, people who shared their story with me, their journey with forgiveness, and I was, I was grateful for that and just kind of knowing, um, you know, I'm not the only person kind of going through this. So um, God showed me his grace. God encouraged me to forgive others and also receive forgiveness um, for myself. And um, I guess looking back on it, I wouldn't necessarily say there were huge breakthroughs or like this aha eureka moment for me with forgiveness in 2019, but there were a lot of little steps forward of faithfulness and just trusting God in the process every single day, waking up and choosing forgiveness, knowing that it's not something that is easy or something that I'll necessarily feel like doing, but uh, making that, that hard choice to, to choose forgiveness and uh, throughout the year, sometimes I kind of wondered, like, are these small steps, like, 
good enough? Like, am I going to graduate to 2020 to a new word, or am I going to have to repeat forgiveness? Um, But honestly, when I was praying, um, I felt just the presence of God, his spirit say, you have the freedom to pick a new word. Forgiveness is going to be something that you're going to be always processing through, always working on. It's an ongoing process, but uh, having that freedom to pick a new word uh, was, was just kind of a huge burden off my chest. And so I'm very grateful for that. And so my word for 2020 is shave. Just joking. It says share. I know you guys were all doing a little double take there. <laughs> share. All right. I know you guys are thinking like, that's my toddler's word. Why is that your word, Adam? Um, but, but share is something I was kind of thinking like, this is something that is all encompassing. It's not something that's going to be focused in one particular area of my life. And I can focus on it, you know, from nine to five in a certain place or a certain location. But this is something that kind of applies throughout, throughout my life. Um, so it applies in ministry, it applies in relationships, in my family, it applies when I'm just out in public and, you know, don't really know anyone, maybe at the coffee shop or at the mall or whatever, but it's all encompassing. And I was kind of drawn to this word thinking about the early church. You know, Acts chapter 2 talks about how the believers had everything in common with one another and they, they shared their time and their talents and their treasures with one another. Um, if they saw a need, they sold what they had to help meet that need, and um, I think that's what we're called to as a church and what what God is calling me to. He certainly blessed me with so many um, amazing things, relationships, possessions, like things that I can share, and so, you know, my home, just one one example, something I can share with with our friends, with our neighbors, uh, can use our home for ministry, share that with people. Um... I'm thankful for the opportunity to share ministry as I work with students and young adults. And so not only do I share ministry with the people on this stage, but I share ministry with, with each one of you as well because you guys have an impact in the lives of middle schoolers and high schoolers and young, young adults. And we get to share in that together as a body. We all have uh, a part to play. And so I'm, I'm grateful for my part to play in that. Uh, as I learn more about myself uh, going through the personality tests and you know, Enneagram type 9, the peacemaker, a.k.a. I avoid conflict and I avoid sharing my feelings or emotions or whatever. That's something I'm going to lean into this year, sharing, uh, especially with my family, sharing my words, sharing, uh, sharing my time, my emotions, uh, obviously in appropriate uh, ways and settings. And, and finally, sharing my time with other people as well. So that's my word for 2020. Hello, my name's Krista Coe, and I'm the director of children's ministry. So I like to hang out with most of the people that are smaller than me. There are some of them that I'm now looking eye to eye with. But um, yeah, all those tall children. Um, anyway, um, last year, my word was pause. And I tend to run from place to place. It's just part of my personality. Um, 
as a kid, I, my um, family would say, oh, we just need to lasso you because I would run around like a chicken with my head cut off and it was innate. It's just who I am. And I, I can get really focused on the task at hand. And on Sundays, I found that I would run from the theater to the office, back and forth between getting things and passing by you and other people. But I did that everywhere. I did that at home. I, I'm, I can just get so focused that I miss out on opportunities. And so I really felt the Lord calling me to just pause, to be still, to, to stop and, and take in the moments. And I, I, I had my, my moments with the Lord, but I was missing out on the moments of the relationships around me. So um, I would love to say that, oh, I've mastered it. But I think it's one of those things that, you know, what God has just shared with me is I'm always going to be needing to work on this. I'm always going to have to be mindful of if I'm pausing. Am I taking time to just relish in moments and to not pass by trying to get the tasks done um, at hand? So I'm still working on it. But um, it, there's been some very rich moments, some moments that um, that – aren't necessarily rich, but sweet or necessary. And so um, that has been a huge blessing. And then I started thinking, okay, what will my word be? Continue to pause? Well, of course I'm going to continue to pause. But when um, someone would say, so how are you guys doing? How's your family? What's going on? And I would say, well, we're really in a place of transition right now. Um, and I, I have a group of girlfriends that we pray together. And they're like, so what can we pray for? I'm like, you know, we're really, you know, I know that we're in a season of transition. Our home's in transitioning. You know, our kids are getting older. They're moving out. They're graduating from college. Yay. 60% um, <laughs> of the way done. Thank you very much. Um, two more left. Um, so joyful, yes. But I'm not a person who loves change. I, I, I enjoy having my kids at home. I enjoy... Um, the simplicity of keeping things the same. So um, I started looking at how we're in this place of change. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> thank you, Miss Kestner. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so as I, but it really wasn't transition that I needed to look at it because we always are transitioning. Um, we transition. Um, constantly, and my face shows it because I get lots of lovely wrinkles, and I walk by the, you know, mirror, and I go, who is that? <laughs> um, so then I started realizing it was really um, a place of celebrate. I needed to celebrate, and as I was going through scripture, I was looking at how God had transitioned the Israelites from place to place, and even when he took them out of Egypt, and they started to whine, I mean, look at where he took them from. He took them from slavery and oppression to something where he was with them, walking them through the desert, walking them through and showing it through a cloud and fire and, and speaking to them and providing for them. They whined, and they wanted to go back. And I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. So God's called me to celebrate in all seasons, to just celebrate where we've been, but where we're going. And so I am going to be celebrating what God's doing in our lives as we transition and change and change that I don't know what that looks like, but that I welcome.
Well, good morning again. My name is Kirsten, and like I said before, I work with uh, women's ministry and community groups here. And last year, as we were um, choosing our word, I was praying through it. I was journaling. I had some great words that I really wanted. And yet, as I would pray through or journal or whatever, the word wait kept coming. And I don't like that word at all. I don't know, I don't know about you, but it's almost like if you, you've probably been told, don't ever pray for patience because God will give you a lot of opportunity to test that out. And that's exactly right. And that's exactly what this word meant. And that's why I didn't want it. But I knew that I needed it. And so as I was thinking through it and I looked up some verses, I came across the word, you know, the verse that says in Isaiah, um, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And I was thinking, oh, and they'll, they'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be faint. They'll rise up um, on wings like eagles. And I was thinking, I want, I want those benefits. But then I was thinking, what I really need is to wait on the Lord, not to wait for his answer to prayer, not to wait for a promise to be fulfilled, not to wait for those things, but to just wait on him. And it was really... Um, it was really good for me because there were things that I would be praying for, for a family member, for a friend, that I kept waiting for that answered prayer. And I realized, you know what, Lord, it, you're, you're good anyway. I'm going to wait on you during this time. But also, there was that patience factor. And so every time I'd be stuck in traffic or every time I'd get in the longest line at the grocery store, the word wait would obviously pop into my head all year. And I thought, okay, this is, this is good for me. And then I thought, well, what am I supposed to do in the waiting? Sometimes when you're standing there in the longest line, you start to get a little frustrated, at least I do. And so I started thinking, I need to do something during this waiting. And so I just, the, that verse, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. That came to mind and I thought, you know what? While I'm waiting, I'm going to start thinking of ways I can rejoice. And it was really, a, it was very powerful for me. All year, I would find myself trying to transition in my mind how I was going to wait in a different way, in a more positive way. And that was really helpful. Um, and so this year, as I was uh, thinking about my word, it was kind of along the same lines as when you start to pray for something and you're starting to think about it, I started to feel that I was not as positive as I thought I was. Um, I decided my word was going to be anticipate. And it's not, it's a little bit different than hope because hope seems to be like having that optimism for the future. Anticipate is more a confidence in the outcome. So I, I'm sure of what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to anticipate something. Um, and so what I decided I was going to anticipate was God's goodness and faithfulness because I know that to be true. And as I was thinking about things I would pray for or thinking about future events, instead of saying, what if, and going down a little bit of a scary route, I would tend to do that little worry bit in my mind. And I, I don't think of myself that way, but I found myself worrying about a few things. I started thinking, you know what? I know. I, I know who God is. I know he is good. I know he is faithful. And I'm going to just anticipate that whatever happens whether it's the way I want it to happen or not, I am going to see God's goodness and faithfulness through this. And I found a verse that I really liked that came along with this, and it's just um, Psalm 27, 13. 
It says, I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I sometimes think, you know, I know that in the end, in eternity, everything will, he will make everything right, and he will. But I, I'm just going to anticipate that even in this side of eternity, I am going to see some answered prayer, and I am going to see his goodness, whether it's the way I want it to be or not. And the neat thing is that verse is so cool because the following one has my this year's or last year's verse or word, it said, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. So I'm kind of, I'm never going to stop thinking of the word wait because it, it will be a lifelong lesson for me, um, which is good because I've, I certainly haven't arrived in that area and I'm going to keep thinking about that. But I'm also just going to, um, instead of being a little bit on the negative side when I'm praying for something instead of thinking, oh, what if this is the journey that God has and thinking a negative thought, I'm just going to think, you know what, Lord, you are good and faithful and I'm going to anticipate your goodness. Hmm. Hello. <laughs> My name is Wes, pastor of men's ministry, missions and outreach. Glad to be here sharing with you. Um, you know, um, just 30 seconds ago, or maybe like Three minutes ago, my wife said, was that the word listen for me or was that for, because she, she goes, you didn't listen to me better this last year. And I said, no, it was, it was listening to God. And um, so that was my word for 2019 uh, was to listen. And what that looked like for me was to take a moment before I spoke, before I made a decision, before I acted upon something to just listen in that moment. Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? And I would probably give myself a C plus, maybe a B minus uh, for how that went this year. There were seasons where that was, I was in the habit of that, that was working, it was changing some of the things that I was going to say, or I wouldn't say something because I paused. But then there were seasons where I literally was out of the habit and I just didn't think about it at all. So full transparency, uh, C plus, B minus, but I, I, would, I would probably say I improved the whole letter grade from 2018. So I'm trending mm -hmm. in the right direction, and it will be something that I'm, I'm constantly uh, paying attention to. Uh, James 1.19 says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. And so I tried to take that on this year. Um, you know, going forward, what I think one of the things that listening to God provided me with was my word for 2020, which is mission. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the mission trips that we're going to be offering here at North that I think God led me uh, towards uh, making that decision along with the staff and the missions committee. Uh, but I want to live a life on mission this year. So Sunday mornings at 630, I usually play basketball at Notre Dame Prep with some guys that I don't really know very well. Um, if I were to live on mission with these guys, and when I say basketball, what I really mean is um, I don't play basketball well. This morning when I played, uh, I, I airballed not only one, but two layups. <laughs> no lie. Some, some, once we were done, this guy goes, man, you had sticky fingers today. I was like, I, I'm, I stink now. Anyway, I run up and down the court and I try to play basketball. But there's 15 guys that I don't know very well that uh, most of them don't have a faith, don't go to church. What would it mean for me to live on mission with those guys? At least one of those relationships would have to change or something would happen this year with my neighbors. Uh, what would it mean for me to be on mission with them and not just wave to them as I go by, but to actually engage with them, be intentional with them 
And then also uh, three added mission trips that we put on the calendar this year. We already had our Sholo missions trip in June, a family uh, trip up to Sholo at the Living Hope Center, which I'd love to have you guys join us as part of that. But then we also added a house-building trip in Mexico in March, a trip to Tanzania in June and uh, for the children's home and then building projects, and then also a Guatemala trip, well drilling trip. And so I'm going to be going on all four of those trips, and I want to encourage you to join me, not only intentional, be on mission with the people that you're around here, coworkers, family, but also join me on some of these mission trips this year. And if you want to go to Tanzania or Mexico, a shameless you know, plug here, I need to know in the next week so we can make plans accord. Thank you. Uh, my name is Sherry Campbell, and I serve in the area of hospitality. And the first part of being able to um, be a part of sharing your one word is just remembering what you chose your one word is. <laughs> so I've been doing it for a few years now, and so I make a lot of effort to remember what my word is in the month of February when I announced it in January. But deeper was my word for last year, and God was faithful to bring a lot of opportunities to go deeper. I wanted to go deeper in my relationships with my family, my immediate family and extended family, uh, deeper in my prayer life, and then deeper in just studying God's word. And he was faithful to provide a lot of opportunities to do that. Then something I realized over the course of the year is um, I made a physical change in that to kind of make that happen more. Uh, the boys had moved out of the house, and I realized there was a spare bedroom in my house that wasn't being used. And so... Over the years, I've had my quiet time in different places, like at the kitchen table, on a floor, in a chair. But I actually took over residence of a desk in a spare bedroom, and that made all the difference. I was able to lay out journals, put a candle there, keep my Bible there and notes there. So having my own private space really helped make going deeper easier. So just something simple. And then... This year, my word is heart, because over my year of going deeper, I realized that the word heart was mentioned in the Bible just a ton of times, actually like almost 826 times, and the word mind, not as often. So heart really struck with me, and in Psalm, there's a couple verses that really hit home. The verse of, search me, O God, and know my heart. And then let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. And so what that means for me is my face and my mouth can be saying one thing, but my heart, it might be saying something else. Because my heart could battle envy. My heart can battle self-righteousness. It can battle selfishness and pride and rehearsing past offenses. And all those things are ugly. And that's what I'm wanting the Lord to do in my life is remind me what my heart is saying. Because the heart is at the center of all of me. My thoughts, my feelings, my choices, the core of who I am. So it's really a discipline. And then next year I'm going to choose a fun word like ice cream or confetti. <laughs> I'm not choosing hard words anymore. So... <laughs> Well, yes, this is my fun friend right here. Mm. Always laughter happening with Sherry around. So my name is Julie Morlock, and I work in creative arts. Uh, you may have seen some of the videos that we've produced, some of the new graphics, and 
other creative elements around North. That's what um, I get to be a part of. And uh, also this great team that we call the staff of North Bible Church. Um, that's what I get to be part of. So uh, choosing a word for me, uh, it, it's not a new thing. I've been part of a women's group who uh, have met together each month for the past 20 years. And we've been just traveling the road of life together. And the leader of that group, uh, when we began, challenged us uh, to prayerfully consider a word at the beginning of each year. And uh, a word that would help us to remember an area of the life that we wanted to place our focus on. And there have been many words like solitude, or adventure, or love, or challenge, or contemplate. And in 2018, my word was change. And I didn't know what was going to change, or how big, or how small the change would be. But I knew that there would be change. And sure enough, towards the end of that year, I experienced a major change in my life. And in a way, choosing the word at the beginning of that year kind of prepared me for the change that occurred. And I share that because um, at the beginning of 2019, it relates to my word. And so last year, my word was restore, restoration. And this word restoration uh, came to me with a tagline, hope for. Now, when you restore a house or a piece of furniture, oh, there's my word, by the way. Um, when you restore a house or a piece of furniture, which I like to do, uh, you have to strip it down, right, to, the, to its original form so that you can bring life back into that piece. And for those of us that have worked through the process of restoration, be it in our lives or on an inanimate object, it involves time, determination, patience, hard work, uh, you have a vision of the completed work, but you never know exactly how or what it's going to look like at the end. As I ref have reflected on the past year of restoration, another part of restoring anything for me is there are times that I stop. I get tired. I get frustrated. I'm, uh, it's not going to the timeline that uh, I had hoped. Something else grabs my attention. All different kinds of reasons. So I put the restoration project on hold, and that has definitely happened at times this year. So the word that I've chosen for 2020 is healing. The process of restoration is not complete yet, but I hope for healing during the next phase of the restoring process. 
I am a work in progress. God has not finished with me yet. So, you know, a word chosen for the year, it doesn't have an expiration date. I just thought I'd let you know that. <laughs> it doesn't just disappear on December 31st. The word we, cho we choose is woven into the story of our life. So, I challenge you. What word will you choose to begin the next chapter of your life this year? Thanks, guys. So as I mentioned uh, earlier, I am a one-word newbie, so I didn't have a word from last year, but my word for this year is love. And uh, love may seem like an obvious word, right? Um, but, uh, and maybe even a basic word, but in reality, I think it's obvious because it's so essential. Um, I've, I've found recently, as, I, as I've really been thinking about this, I feel like God has recently just kind of impressed upon me. Not the fact that I need to be more loving, um, although that may be true, um, towards people or that I need to love God more, which is probably always true, but that I need to really understand and, and allow God to love me. And what I mean by that really is, is just having a sense of really understanding the depth and the reality of what God's love is all about and how much he really does love me. And I think that's something that, uh, I, you know, I don't know about you, something that I've struggled with, I think, because at times, you know, uh, love seems so ordinary uh, in church, right? We talk about, and from the time we were young, I remember, you know, memorizing John three sixteen for God so loved the world, and if we're not careful, that word love can just kind of fade into the background of our lives because it becomes so familiar to us, just like anything else, right? And we hear the word love used in a million different contexts, contexts in our life. Um, but I think something that has really encouraged me, and it's actually the passage that we read, that we just read earlier, that blessing passage from Ephesians chapter 3. One of the things I love about that passage is, and we, one of the reasons we read it, by the way, as our blessing, is that Paul is praying for the Ephesian church, basically the core aspects of what it means to be a Christian. This is like, if you were to ask Paul, like, what do you want to see happen in the people who you are discipling, and the people who you are pastoring? This is probably a big part of what he wants them uh, to realize. And in these verses in particular, 17, 18, and 19 that we read, listen to how much is focused on understanding the love of God or the love of Christ as he puts it. In verse 17 it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Every time I read through that scripture, I'm just overwhelmed uh, by how Paul talks about God's love. I mean, he talks, uh, listen again, he says, he says the breadth, the length, the height, the depth. And when you combine all those things together, there is this sense of vastness to the, and wonder to the love of God. I mean, it is weighty as you read through that. And and, and I think that's what God's love is meant to be. It's meant to overwhelm us. It's not meant to be, I don't think to just, as, as he says right there, like that surpasses knowledge. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge. It's not meant to like necessarily be completely understood. It's, we're, we're meant to be overwhelmed by God's love as I read this. And so as I, as I think about that, that's kind of what, that's, that's what I feel like God has placed on my heart for this year. So when I talk about love, that's, that's the thing that I'm driven by. And I think one of, the, one, of the, one of the other amazing things in this is that Paul's praying just for the strength to understand God's love. And I think that's where I'm leaning as well, is like I'm asking God for the strength to understand 
the depth, the height, the width, the, the, all of it, the vastness of God's love for me in Jesus. And so, uh, and, and, and certainly, I expect that to manifest itself in me being a, 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 a person who loves people better and a person who loves God more. But more than anything, I feel like rooting myself in the love of God is going to allow me to be a more loving Christ follower, a more loving person, a more loving husband, a more loving father, a more loving pastor, a more loving friend. All those areas of my life need to be infused and, and need to understand the love of God in, in each one of those roles. So, um, so that's what I'm looking at. And I, you, know, you know what's exciting for me? Because I do what I do, I get to take you guys on a journey with me in, in, in understanding the love of God. Because we're going to start into a series next week uh, in the book of Hosea called The One Thing. And, and through the book of Hosea, we're going to be looking at the depth of God's love from all kinds of different facets of what it means for God to love us. And uh, certainly we see this all throughout Scripture, but in the book of Hosea, we see in particular God's unfailing, relentless, pursuing and faithful love. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to get started into this, obviously, because of, you know, because of what God has put on my heart. But uh, I also think it's just a great, it's going to be a great series for us to go through together. And so I'm happy to be able to take you guys on my journey as I, as I explore more about what the love of God is all about. So, um, so with that in mind, uh, I hope you guys will join us as we start into the series next week. Um, but would you give everybody a hand up here who... who you guys stay up here, stay up here. Um, and, and as we mentioned earlier, we're going to give you now an opportunity uh, to, to kind of come up with your own one word. Um, and it can start this morning. I think maybe uh, it, it, this is our response time. Maybe if, as, as you heard us talking, a word came to mind. Maybe not. Maybe you're still processing it. Maybe you need some time to pray through it. But we've provided some cards for you on our response stations over there. And during our response time, in just a couple minutes, when we start into it, we want to invite you to just make your way over to the table. Grab a card. If you're ready to write that word down on that card, that's great. You'll take that home with you this week. If you're not, you know, take it home with you. Pray, pray about it over the week. Um, you, you know, uh, we don't want to put a timeline on the Holy Spirit. But by next week, you should have a word ready to go. Um, and by next week, we're going to have those same cards out on these same tables next week. What we want you to do is write that word, that same word, on those cards next week and leave those cards with us again next Sunday. So you take this card with you this week, and then next week you're going to take a different card, write that word on it, and leave it with us. And then we're going to post it in the building. We're going to take everybody's cards and post it here in the building um, as a representation of all the one words that God is speaking to us in our church, okay? So with that in mind, I want to pray for you, and then after we're done, uh, and then after I'm done praying, we can move into our respond time, and you can uh, take advantage of those cards that are there. So I want to invite the band to join us on stage, if you guys would. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you, above all, that you are a God who, uh, who loves us, and you are a God who is personal, you are a God who speaks to us, you are a God who is intimate, you are a God who, who, who is intimate in our lives, who knows us. I think about uh, scriptures that, that come to us from the Psalms where like, you knitted us in, in our inmost being. Father, you understand who we are better than we understand ourselves. And so we ask you now, Spirit, would you give us an understanding into what you want to do in each one of our lives here this morning? And we know that the power is not in a word per se, but the power is in your work to do this in our lives. And so, Spirit, we ask that you would do this. Would you open our minds and our hearts to whatever it is that you're speaking to us? 
what this word might be for us and how that word and, and your usage of this word throughout this year would impact us and would transform us so that we would truly be, as, Ephes- or as, as Galatians 4 says, as we read earlier, that we would be formed into Christ, that we would be transformed from one degree of glory to another in the image of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that even when it feels like three steps forward and two and a half steps back, you are with us every step of the way. And we ask this morning that you would speak to us. And Lord, that you would use this time as an opportunity to put a stake in the ground to say, Lord, this is what I am going to do this year, and this is what I am confident in what you are going to do in me this year. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. As Sherry said earlier, half the battle is remembering what word you wrote down at the beginning of the year. So make sure you take that card, put it in a place that you know you're going to see it often, maybe in your Bible or on the refrigerator or wherever that may be, um, and, uh, and remember it often. and Allow God to work through that so that next year at this time you'll have a story about what God did in your life through this one word. So uh, I wish you a very happy and blessed new year, and may it start with a great first week. I guess it's actually the second week, but technically it's the second week. But have a great first week, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.